not a terrorist. Stick up for the First Amendment. Nobody voted for you. Went to Lafayette Square. Yeah. First Amendment. Cause Trump don't care. November vote blue. Get the kids out of the cages. Get out and vote. And increase our wages. Come on now. Okay, welcome back to Naharan America. Our next guest is an incredible actor. You've seen him in Steven Soderbergh's films Out of Sight, The Limey, and Traffic. He was in Paul Thomas Anderson's films Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love. He was in the CBS medical drama Code Black. An amazing man, an amazing humanitarian, and a good friend, Luis Guzman. First of all, thank you for coming on to Hair in America. Um, I've loved your work since I, I remember it. I mean, you started off early in your career doing film. I mean, you were in Short Eyes in 77 with Pinheiro. What, yeah. was, what was that experience like? You didn't start off as an actor. No, um, well, I knew Miguel. I knew Miguel from the neighborhood, you know. Mm-hmm. He used to get us tickets to go see Short Eyes at the Vivian Beaumont Theater over there in Lincoln Center when it was playing mm-hmm. up there, you know. And so, you know, when Short Eyes became, when they did it into the movie, he basically got a whole bunch of guys from the block. We ended up uh, being background people, and, and sometimes we would get upgraded in some of the scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You give it, given a line? Yeah, here and there. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But, I mean, you originally didn't start off being an actor. I mean, you you worked in, in social... social. I was a, I, well, I was a social activist, yeah. a community activist, you know? You know, um, I had the honor of being in the organizing meeting with Cesar Chavez. But you've done... I mean, you've done plenty of independent film, but you've also done, you know, big blockbusters and all that. It's... The amazing thing about you as an actor is you're always very centered. I mean, you always... You're you. It's 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 the most it's it's like you're more of you uh, on screen, and that's kind of it's a beautiful thing. When I've ever watched you perform, that's always what comes to mind: how real you are as a performer. You know, actors are the best bullshitters in the world. But when you get to a good degree of believability, mm-hmm. you know, look, I always want to be honest, and I always want to tell the truth. Yeah. You know, when I am delivering the material, the words, the lines, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The last thing I really want to do is to act. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to live it. I want to breathe it. And, you know, that's how I approach it best I can. And I think that's what our, all artists strive for is that sensibility of reality. Because we know what's when it's fake. We know when it's not true. You know, the audience turns away. Yeah. That, and, and, you know, it's, it's really a gift, man, to be able to, to get to that level with your work, you know, mm-hmm. because let me tell you, Rick, I, 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 I was in the acting game. It took me like 17 years, 17, 18 years. And I, I forgot what it was that I saw myself in, but it was the first time that I was able to say to myself, yeah. you're a pretty damn good artist, you know, it took me that long. Yeah. You know, to realize that about myself. And I think I think that's also my commitment to just being humble about mm-hmm. myself, you know, because what really drives me is my humbleness and, you know, my appeal to working with great directors and great actors and mm-hmm. great crews, you know, and giving life to that material, you know. Well, I, th- I think that's the great thing about you because you've always have been about the community. And when you're on a set, that's also community. We all have to find a way to coexist, you know? Mm-hmm. Because Latinos ain't going away, blacks ain't going their way, white people ain't going away, white supremacy ain't going away, black life matters not going away. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Christian, Pentecostal, Baptist, you know, left wing, right wing, center wing, yeah. you know, free thinkers. We're not going away. Mm-hmm. We're not. Yeah. You know, you, you can't you cannot eradicate certain elements. Well, you, you know, you can't stop an you idea. Can, yeah, you can you can put people in their place. Yeah. But to what avail is that? You know, I think I think the reality is your way to coexist because that's the reality. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. We have to all coexist. You know. Yeah. That's it. You know. Listen, man. It's like it's like everybody has their opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know. Like I said, it's, it's so many things that, that run deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, a lot of things that have happened in this country over the last six months, you know, with that whole George Floyd thing, yeah. with the Breonna Taylor, those were like horrific situations that should have never happened. Yeah, so you I'm know? Right. Yeah, no, because you it, look and it, it, it galvanized the whole movement of people. Martin Luther King and, said writing is the... I think the speech of people that don't have a voice. One thing about myself is I really am a free thinker. Yeah. And one thing is that we also need to take a real deep look into our own communities, you know, because the whole Latino and Latino crime and what happens within our own communities, the hurt, the pain, Mm -hmm. the suffering that we inflict on each other. Yeah. You know, I think 100,000 people need to come out and protest against that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, 100,000 people will come out because cops kneeled on, the, on, on George Floyd's neck and he died. Yeah. And it, it was all caught on video, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that's the world that we live in now. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you know, there's like all this gang stuff that's going on, you know, and some kid, some, some kid is coming, walking home from school, gets caught in the crossfire, had nothing to do with it, dies, shatters the family. Where is the outcry? Yeah. The outcry in volumes over that stuff. Where is the outcry over sex trafficking and human trafficking in this country? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you know, those are big issues. But, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. they're not front and center. They're not front and center. No, it is. It's a lot of times, I think what's happening is we have our media is so fast to pick up issues and stuff that sometimes people, things become just a hashtag and people can say, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, and then they move to another hashtag. And yeah, but, you know, but, but like, but like, you know, I think, I think, listen, man, I don't, I don't think that the media is doing any justice to the public these days, mm-hmm. you know, because media that I remembered used to talk about things that were happening, good things that were happening in the community, you know, something cool that was happening in the country, you know, and stuff. Now, now it's nothing but politics. Well, it's, it's opinion. There's a difference. It's like- and it's all, right. And it's all opinionated. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and most of it is wrong. Yeah. Most of it is wrong because people are swayed by they, what they hear and what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it- and, that, and that's terrible. And we all have a responsibility to really tell the truth and, and to be yeah. careful that, you know, being responsible. To, I, Joe Rogan just said something and he apologized, and I admire him for that. He, he said something wrong on the air and he knew the effect. Millions of people are listening. And I think you have to look at that, that this is this, the airways are a sacred trust. And we have to be careful to really honestly tell the truth. 
And especially when it comes to the news, because people are watching things like that and they're saying, okay, they're missing the point that that's opinion versus fact. We have to do our own fact checking. And I, I do it all the time. We have to see where it came from. It's called being media savvy. Um, we as, as people that, you know, that take the media have to be savvy enough to really check everything. Because there's a lot of different players trying to trying to sway us. I mean, you got Russia doing it. You got all sorts of people doing it. Saying yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I mean, it's 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 crazy now, you know. Yeah, it's crazy this this whole world mm-hmm. and how all of that is going down like that. Yeah, it is. Well, that's you know, I think we're we're forgetting the most important thing is it just comes to a very simple rule, you know, uh, love your neighbor. <laughs> it really comes down to that. Yeah. Love your neighbor. And that yeah. is what we learned as kids. And it's so simple. You put that in the forefront of how can I love my neighbor? I mean, it is the golden rule. Love your neighbor. Love God. Simple as that. Whatever you think God is, whoever you think he is or she is or whatever, love that. And if, if it's about love, we'll all get out of this mess. And I, I hope we always remember that. But I got to tell you, you're one of the the actors that I admire, but more importantly, I admire you as a person. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Atlanta. And thank you so much for coming on Heron America. Luis Guzman. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, brother. And you be well and you be safe. And uh, like I say all the time, la lucha continua. Adelante, mi gente. Gracias, gracias. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, brother. All right, brother. Talk to you later. Bye. Later. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. The podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. We won't social distance you from the news you need. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Also, get out and vote. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Nahara in America with our special guest, Rudy Moreno. You've seen him on so many different comedy shows. I, I, there's too many to mention. They call him in East L.A. and other parts of America the godfather of comedy. The godfather. Rudy. Thank you. Thank you, Rudy. It's so nice to hear from you. How you doing, Rudy? Good. The godfather mostly because of that voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing well, I'm, great. I'm, I'm hiding my real voice, which is like this. Yeah, you know. So, I, um, yeah, not in your yeah. neighborhood. You can't talk that way. It's, it's, no, not in this neighborhood. No. Not in that neighborhood. So everyone, every time I bring comics on the show, they always talk about Rudy Moreno, how he gave them their start. And, um, and you have. You've given the start to so many comics. I mean... Uh, and I, I gotta say, you you actually you know were one of the influences on my career. You know, I, I would you know I looked up to you as a kid. I was must have been twelve. I remember. <laughs> as and a kid, <laughs> I was I was twelve, and I said, yeah, as, like, as, as, as like Mama, who is that on the TV? He funny. And it was, you had an accent at twelve. I, tw- <laughs> I, I took a lot of work to get rid of that accent, Rudy. It took a lot of work. <laughs> And she said, Mijo, he's Rudy Moreno, the godfather of comedy. Is that? Yeah, she she well, had that voice too, so it was yeah. weird. And she still kept it. Re- yeah, I remember when she, she came and uh, both of you kissed the ring. Yes, we uh, did. For you to lose the accent, and uh, I yeah. did what I could. You did. She so, says, please, Rudy, yeah. Godfather, help him lose that accent. It's not. It's annoying. It really is. It's just annoying. <laughs> 
How are you doing, man? Now that you've lost the accent, how are you? Now that I've lost the accent, I, I gained another, which is odd, Rudy. Odd. <laughs> Very odd. I've lost my gang affiliations with this accent. It's really, <laughs> it's really tragic, actually. Well, so, well, I remember when you had the British accent. Yes. That was, that was cool for about a year. Yeah, so. it, I, I keep getting possessed by accents every year. And, and it's hard yeah. because now I can't do accents because it's politically incorrect. Like, I tell my kids, I'm going to order Chinese food. Let me use a Chinese accent so they hear me better. And they're like, no, Dad, they'll spit in our food. Yeah. No. So I've had to grow and learn. So uh, when did you oh, know you wanted to go into a world of comedy? Well, I, I, you know, I, uh, as a kid, I was always uh, doing impressions and doing uh, voices. And, and, you know, which in school wasn't you know, the best thing to do. But uh, I, was, I was a little guy. I was a little kid. I mean, five, six years old. But, you know, it was just a thing of, hey, Rudy's, a, you know, Rudy's funny. I didn't get into uh, comedy professionally until I was like 30 years old or something, 33 years old. Yeah, I was a working guy, man. You know. I live in the hood, so the mall that I go to, that's the only <laughs> that's the only mall where the Santa Claus has a tattoo on his neck. You know, <laughs> Lupe. Who's Lupe, man? Is that a reindeer? What is that? Everybody comes to my house. I got a zillion teenagers in my house, and they want to listen to hip-hop. And we had hip-hop fans here? Good. Good. Get the f*** out of here. Uh, no, that's fine. I, I, you know, I don't mind. I'm just older, man, so I don't get it. You know, I really don't get when they talk because I speak English and Spanish, and I still don't understand what these talk about. You know? But tell us of your experience in the studio. Yeah, check this out, fool. For real, though. You got to feel me on this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me and my boys, we just dropping beats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. We was, yeah, we was feeding it. You know what I'm saying? No, man, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? How do you romance a woman with that music? Sit down, bitch, I'll f you up. Like, what? Excuse me? Excuse me. You don't, have, you don't want a man telling you that, right? Now, back in the day, you would romance a woman. Remember, bro? You romance a woman. Old school. Back in the day, you get a woman back and you turn the lights down, you know, get an album out. Remember albums? There was these round things for you young people that don't know what it is. It's made out of vinyl. Had music on it, too. And you put it on another antique called a turntable. And you would put the needle on top of the record, and then you would put a quarter on top of the needle. Remember that? So it wouldn't skip. And then if you had some good music like Barry White, you were going to get it. You know what I mean? Put on Barry White, you put it on there, just... And Barry White would start... You like it like that. Wow! Everybody's naked. Naked. The neighbor's naked, man. You know what I mean? Just naked. So you, you've been at the Ice House, I don't know how many years. You keep doing your Latino. Uh, 21 years. 21 years. Wow. And, and yeah, and, and myself, not to, not to give myself a pat on the back, but as you as well, we have, we have launched a lot of careers, man. We have given people opportunities to, to you know, uh, deal with the craft, create the craft, perfect it, and then move on. Uh, the Latino logs, and I can, I can say this truthfully from the heart, because I was involved with it, um, there was a number of people that came out of there with uh, a little more creativity yeah. after doing that, either in their acting career or in their uh, in their stand-up. Yes, because it was it was an interesting it was an inter interesting role, and it wasn't like we had to perform it as stand-ups; we had to perform it as actors, which is two very 
different approaches. Yeah, and was was and, and you taught us how to do that well, man. Oh, thank you. Well, you know the the great thing about it is is you guys taught me that I had to have joke, 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 joke. Because a comic isn't comfortable if the audience isn't laughing, and so I had to still stick with the drama and the form and all that stuff. But I knew if a comic didn't have a joke, he's going to start to want to make up his own. So I had, I, I had to like, like you did Buford Gomez, that character masterfully. You did it actually the Latino comedy fest for Showtime. I remember right. that. And the LA Times actually said that your performance was masterful. It was like one of the great highlights of the entire comedy festival was you. It was, you know, I mean, that must have been felt great to get that right up. Yeah, I tattooed it on my back, the Boricle. Oh, yeah, you tattooed it on your back? That's great. I I, I did, too, just because I'm a big fan of yours. So <laughs> look at what Rudy Moreno was written about. That was a, a lot of fun and a great, great experience. Because at first, you know, you're your comics and you go, well, you know, I don't know how to do this. And I don't want to, come on, remember your lines. Remember them. No, I'm going to try to improv them. And, you know, that wasn't the case, man. The case was, hey, look, I wrote it like this for a reason. Yeah. You know, you know what you're doing, so follow through and then you'll eventually develop that realize you know what the reason for writing it this way was and uh, yeah a great experience man it's nice to see here a lot of beautiful women here blondes wow love blondes man if i was 20 years younger i'd still be too old um study <laughs> you know no my, my sister's blonde she's as dark as i am and she dyed her hair blonde and then she popped in blue contacts she says how do i look i said you look like a Siberian husky, is what you look like. Man. It's just, it's what you look like. So, uh, I've been married for, for uh, 25 years now. 25 years. No, don't, don't, you don't know her, man. Don't clap. Evil. You don't know her, no. You married, guys? No? No, that's why you're sitting close together, I think. It's, Last year, we celebrated 25 years. She tells me, what do you want to do for the 25th? I said, I want you to leave me alone. That's what I want you to do. Because it fell on Super Bowl Sunday. That's what happened. You know, so it was like the macaroni grill or, you know, watch the game. Football fans? Yeah, yeah. All right, here's some advice. We have to write to the NFL because there's a ref there that's so old. By the time he calls the penalty, the game's over. You've seen this old dude. Hold in. Number 75, defense. Second down. 10 yards, hurry up! Switch it around, put a female referee. What'd I do? You know what you did? Thank you very much, I'm Rudy Moreno, thank you. But you're, you're, you're a master at talking to a crowd. I just think what you're doing is incredible, and it has, and I'm so glad you're back health-wise. I had just, I remember, you know, calling your wife when it happened, and I said, does Rudy have some of his material written down that I can use? Um, yeah. she, she said, not appropriate, Rick. Not a, he's in the yeah, hospital. I go, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to pay for, you know, I just want to pay, buy a couple jokes now. I know it sounds rude, but no. <laughs> Well, you know, like, well, look, um, I didn't want to tell you, but, you know, we have some extra money here. Really? 37 bucks. How'd you get that? You know, yeah. you your Rick? Rick bought your uh, set about such. I, I bought your heart attack set, and I hate to say it. Yeah. I, I got that. <laughs> 
Well, listen, I just love talking to you, brother, and so good to have you on. Thanks for coming on, Nahar in America. Rudy Moreno, Nahar in America. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. I will. Thanks. You were listening to Nahar in America? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Naharan America. We have from the Georgia Latino Film Festival, the creator, the, the CEO, the man of the hour, Jose Marquez. Jose Marquez, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Rick. I'm doing fine, man. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. You know, it's always an honor and a pleasure to be uh, talking to you uh, so that we can definitely do some great things together as we have always done. Thank you. You know, every time I spend any time with you, Rick, it's it's always enlightening. And it's definitely always fun. So I'm glad that you guys have given me an opportunity to be here today. Oh, no, it's great to have you because you're, I mean, look what you're doing. You've done this Georgia Latino Film Festival for a while. How many years? We're doing it now. This is our ninth year. Um, we just did the kickoff with you, as you as you know, with yes. you. And, and um, we had Luis Guzman and we had Antonio Jaramillo and we had... Christian uh, Caravillas, um, all on the phenomenal actors. One legend, one's going to be a legend, and the other one is starting a career in Hollywood from Mexico, where he was a uh, a soap opera, uh, you know, Tell, uh, galan, did, like they call him. Yeah, and, uh, and they're story. all and they all came to have this wonderful event that we did to kick off the Georgia Latino Film Festival, which you hosted the Nahara in America show. Yes, Nahara in America was on the Georgia Latino Film Festival. And I have to tell you, it was a unique experience because of COVID, we had to actually, you know, we couldn't really be with an audience like normal. So we were on a huge stage in front of all these people in cars listening to us, me do an interview. And they would beep when they liked something I said. I'd hear this hong, hong. I think that was the the, the, the the crowning piece of the puzzle was we didn't know how the people was going to interact with with the people on stage. Mm-hmm. And it's, when they started beeping, we looked at each other and we said, okay, now we got it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so much fun. Uh, the people really enjoyed um, getting to see and meet Lewis and, and meet you and you know, you've been here now probably for the last five years of the film festival. Yeah, we had Danny um, Trejo and, last year. And and everybody loves you, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. loves uh um the whole the whole premise of this show. And and I'll tell you, the the people keep on sending me emails and going on Facebook and liking it and, and they just keep telling me, Hey man, this was the best one yet. We can't wait to what you guys have for next year. So we're excited, but we still got November 15th and that we're going to be doing our films. We're going to be showcasing and speaking with some of the directors, the new directors that are coming up, that next generation of, of, of storyteller that uh, we need to make sure gets in front of, of the viewing audience. So, that, so no- we're going to be running it online mm-hmm. from November 16th through the 20th. Okay, so the Georgia Latino Film Festival will be online November 16th to the 20th. And what's the email address for? Where's the link for that? Well, the link we're going to be sending, we'll, we'll send you a link and everybody's going to have a link. But the, the thing is, it's going to be able to be seen, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, 
or on LinkedIn. Those three platforms, we're going to be unifying in a new platform with Film Freeway. And it's a new idea that one of my members came up with. It's a new concept. And it's going to be really cool because what happens is, is that you actually are in a theater. You're actually in a movie theater. And, so- it's, and they could walk from, from the conference room to the private rooms if they want to talk with Netflix or they want to talk to, you know, they can have certain meetings. It's a really, really unbelievable application that is being put together for this for this thing. Well, I, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be great. And so the interview we did with Nehra in America, is that going to be on, on November 16th? On November 15th. 15th. Okay. It's going to be on the day before on Sunday. And what we'll do is we'll send out a link to everybody and, and, and definitely that way you can, we'll send out a press release with all the information on it. That way you can share it with with your audience uh, in the next couple of days. Well, that's going to be great. You know, I, I love what you're doing with Georgia and uh, Georgia Latino Film Festival. And there are Latinos there because I did see them. And I went to a really good Mexican restaurant, which uh, we had. Sim- hey, let's yeah. big ups to Agaveros. Agaveros mm-hmm. is a great restaurant here. They've got a long tradition of yeah. being a, a Mexican restaurant here well, in, uh, the, the, in Atlanta. The grits uh, Michoacan style, I have to say, was incredible. And <laughs> the peach cobbler done uh, Jalisco style was, I had never had something like that before. And we the, were flaming tequila. Oh, <laughs> flaming tequila. It was great. And Luis Guzman, what an amazing actor and star and humanitarian. I, I can't go on enough about him and all the rest of the actors. Antonio Jaramillo, he's got such a great future ahead of him. It's, it's really great. So I can't wait to we, come back to George each one of them. Each one of them received a, a, a wonderful award. Uh, Luis Guzman got the President's Award, mm-hmm. which basically Basically, it's the award talking about all these things that he's done, not only his career, but how he represented us uh, throughout the, his career and made sure that the Hispanic community was always upstanding and outstanding. And we need to see more people like Luis Guzman. I mean, imagine Luis when he did that, um, The Town of Monte Cristi. What a movie, you know. A lot of people still are just experiencing that movie for the first time. And it's such an intense role for him where it wasn't your typical role. It was this, I mean, it was based in the 1800s. So he had to really dig deep to find that character of that actor. So we gave him an award. We gave Alex Jaramillo the most promising actor award because he's, 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 his career is, is on fire. I mean, this guy just got off of MC Mayans. He was J-Lo's husband. Jesus, just on that alone, I'd give him an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> just being J-Lo's husband, what do you think? Oh, no, I can't. Uh, he was incredible. In New York, yeah, yeah. Blue, New York, York Blue. Blue. With Ray Liotta and, and Jennifer Lopez, an amazing cast. And, I mean, this guy, since he, he came on the scene. But the biggest thing is is the story that each one of these guys brings you know, nobody's born with a silver spoon in their mouth. These no. guys all had to, to start from nowhere, from nothing, oh. and come up, you know, and now they're making waves in this industry, which was so closed up for us. So people like you that yeah. that started and, and Luis that, that, that are basically the shoulders that most of these guys stand on. Mm-hmm. Because if it wasn't for you guys, you know, there would be no Latinos on, you know, in Hollywood. Well, yeah, and and that's you. something that we really have to understand because yep. think about this. <laughs> Los Angeles is in California and California is a 
pretty much a Hispanic state. Yeah, How is. come there's no Latinos in Hollywood? It just doesn't make sense. It is a problem that we are working on, and I have to say you're one of the solutions because the Georgia Latino Film Festival is, is making waves. It keeps doing more and more every year. You know, the year before we had Danny Trejo. He was incredible. We're going to keep... Exactly. And I can't wait to come back again. I, I really like it out there. And... Uh, you know, it's just the the the, the ribs done with the uh, yeah. chili verde sauce. Incredible. I mean, all the stuff. Our people. I think I'm going to have to bring you back just to go go out to eat dinner again. Yeah, because that's I'm what I like. You, that dinner was very good. It was a you great know, but The great thing about this is that we're able to showcase new talent um, where we didn't have them before. Now we have these guys that are coming up with, you know, thanks to the technological advancement of of these, you know, cameras that XMLs and 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 seventies and they get film quality. These the red cameras. Mm-hmm. These kids are 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 working with these red cameras. Imagine if we would have had cameras when we were. 21, 20 years old, ah. and we were able to shoot movies with with no budget. I would have I would have created Titanico, twenty Cubans on a raft with a slow leak, and it would have gone <laughs> number one. I know that I would have done. It. Well, listen, we're gonna you know give us that information. I can't wait to talk to you again, Jose Marquez. Thank you so much, Jose, for coming to the show. Jose Marquez on Nahara, I appreciate America. you, and I appreciate everybody that supports the Georgia Latino Film Festival. I want to say thank you to our sponsors because without those guys, they don't. Uh, Univision has been unbelievable, and um, and also the Motion Picture uh, Association. They have been top of the line, visionary people who are understanding that through diversity, we're going to make this industry grow even. So thanks a lot, Rick, for all you've done in okay. this industry and all that you're going to do because you've got a huge career, and I think that things are just going to be amazing. We've got a lot of great, great talent coming up, and we are very proud that we're just able to to be that little um, platform that they're able to to reach out to. So thanks a lot. Thank you for coming on to Heron America, and we'll be watching for the Georgia Latino Film Festival. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's our show. Join us next week on the Heron America on Revolver Podcast, or wherever you find your finer podcasts.